This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. This week on the podcast, I'm talking all about Instagram with Helen Perry from the Just Bloody Post-It podcast. Helen is a Instagram expert and a content marketing expert, and she's really brilliant on Instagram. Helen's also a former journalist as well. She used to work on BBC Radio 1. She's really cool. And in this episode, she's talking about how to be awesome on Instagram. And the main takeaway for me from this episode is just to listen to what your followers are saying to you, and you won't go wrong on Instagram. Helen shares loads of really brilliant marketing advice that can be applied no matter what platform that you are on. And the other thing that I've taken away from this episode with Helen is that you don't have to conform to what we're being told we should be doing on Instagram. I'm going to hand over to Helen now because she's got such great advice to share with you, not just on Instagram, also about getting on the radio as well. Now, once Helen has finished talking, and it's a really good episode, so do please listen to the end. I'm going to shine the spotlight on a couple of pet business Instagram accounts who, after talking to Helen, I thought about and I wanted to talk a little bit about them and why I think they're worth having a look at. So do go and check them out. It's at the end of the interview with Helen where I talk about these pet business owners, but they are Michelle Burgess from Scruffy Little Terrier. Karen Mayer from Mayer and Hound, Kerry Whitney from Frankie's Boutique, Casey Gwilt from The Cat Lady, and Liz Gregg from Black, White and Gold. They're all really, really good accounts to go and get inspired on when it comes to Instagram. But now I'm going to hand over to Helen, who's going to talk all about how to be awesome on Instagram with your pet business. I think you're going to love this episode. And thank you so much, Helen, for coming on the show. So hi, Helen. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Oh, Rachel, thank you so much for having me. It's brilliant to have you here. And I know we've worked together for a while and I've recently done some of your courses um, that have I've had some lovely compliments, particularly on my newsletter, actually. But we're here today to talk about Instagram. And I know it's something that people in my community are really keen to learn more about. So can we start by if you can tell us a little bit about your background, first of all, Helen? Oh, of course. I am an ex-journalist like you, Rachel. So that's right, isn't it? Kind of. I'm still hanging on in there a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> Currently, <laughs> yeah. still a current journalist. Now, I did you know what though? I think it's in your makeup. I think if you are one, you are one. And I feel like a lot of those skills translate into running a social media channel. So I used to work for BBC News and then I had a number of years off raising my kids and I really wanted to get back out into work and really wanted to do some creative stuff. I couldn't quite see how that was going to work around like my commitments with the kids and I just one day booked to go on a how to do Instagram course and began to learn how to use Instagram as a marketing channel like I had been on there anyway but I wasn't using it to intentionally grow an audience I had no idea how you did that really so I just taught myself how to acquire followers and a following and I started to share with them how I was doing it and what I was learning and then over time I realized that people wanted to buy that knowledge from me 
And it became a business of me selling to small businesses and own boss businesses who were having to do their own marketing, probably for the first time and not really knowing how that works, what they're supposed to put out there, what they're supposed to post about and how they're supposed to use that to drive you know, sales and customers into their business, most importantly. And now I sell courses and workshops to people who would like to learn how to do that better. Fab. Okay. So when you first started out on Instagram, then can you put a time frame on that? Can you remember when it was? I first opened an Instagram account in about 2012 and Instagram was born, if you like, in 2010. And I was, so I was quite early onto the platform. I loved it because I love photos. I like taking photos, but this account that I have now, I have grown my audience that supports my business. I opened that in late 2017 and I started sharing just things I was interested in, like food and clothes and stuff and started chatting with people and then eventually by about 2019 it had become a social media account it was for people who wanted marketing inspiration and wanted to connect up with other people who are doing the same thing as them wow okay now at least I did listen to a recent episode where you talk about being self-taught and I will link to that in the show notes but you but did you literally go out there and think okay I've had the kids. I know I want to do something. I like Instagram. I'm going to give it a go and then see what 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 happens. Is that totally, totally? I sort of thought actually that I might be a blogger. I didn't yeah. know really what a blogger was, but I thought I can do that. I can write some things about stuff, and it was all a very vague idea about what I was actually going to write about. And it was it was really just I I was sharing like about how I was decorating my kitchen and, you know, what I like, you know, where I'd been on holiday, but actually it was all the posts where I'd gone, this is how I got a thousand followers on Instagram. If I shared a post like that on my blog, the readership just went up in a massive spike. And if I posted about that on my Instagram account, this is how I'm getting good engagement on my posts. Those were the posts that were most engaged with and the most saved. And that, and people were like, this is what we want from you. And then I got asked to do a like a talk at a little group locally. And I went and I talked to them about how I'd grown my Instagram followers. I think I had a couple of thousand followers at that point. And then I sort of thought, oh, hello, maybe I could hold an event and maybe I could ask people to pay to come along. But when my business really flourished um, was in the pandemic, actually, because I took my courses online and then all of a sudden hundreds of people in different countries could start joining them. And I realized this is really fully how I was going to be able to make this proper business with a, uh, a potential for great income from it. Wow. Okay. I love that you started out as a blogger. I started my pet thing as a blogger and I still have a pet blog, which really neglected, but I started with a pet blog and then people came to me and they wanted to be on the blog. And then they found out I was a journalist and they wanted to know about press coverage. And then that led me to where I am now. And it's so these things work out, isn't it? You know what though, but I think it's really nice when you allow your customers to show you the way I think there's not enough of that actually I think there's a lot of people who go out there like this is what I've made isn't it awesome and they and they're not listening back to what people are telling them they want and they need from them and therefore their product isn't as good as it could be and I think there's something to be it would have been a lot quicker for me to build a business (laughs) if I'd known exactly what I was going to sell but actually I think the reason it sells so well now is because actually my audience helped me design it because they've 
all the time I'm getting all this information about what they want to know and what they enjoy and what they want to learn about. And that helps me build better products. So that's one of my best pieces of advice for using your social channels is use it as a two-way channel. Make sure you're listening to what people are talking to you about. Make sure you're reading the comments on your posts and answering them and actually paying attention to what little bits of intelligence they might be giving you about how you can help people better. Such good advice. And I know um, I know we're kind of going off topic already from the questions that I sent ahead of this chat, but actually for, for pet business owners, particularly those who are service providers, so your dog trainers, your cat sitters, your cat groomers, that's really, really great advice because often people will be thinking, okay, well, I've got this puppy course, but actually I'm being asked about reactivity and then the, it's a reactivity that you might, you know, you might want yeah. to go that path. But respond and respond, respond quickly. Like if you suddenly start to get a load of questions about something like, oh, okay, hold on. I could make a new puppy training course just around this one thing and get it out there, you know, get it out into the world quickly. So respond to what your audience are telling you and also ask them ask them to tell you about what they're doing at the moment and what their problems are at the moment. Don't ask them, do you want this or do you want that? Because people often don't really tell the truth mm-hmm. in, in that scenario. They, they they kind of tell us what they want, what, what they think we want to hear. They're like, yeah, great idea. I'd love that. And actually they wouldn't. So ask them what they're doing. Like, what are you doing with your puppy at the moment? Are you taking them training? Have you taken them training? Have you done any online training or are you just Googling it? And you kind of glean from that what they are likely to want to buy from you on that basis on the basis of what they're currently spending their money on, because that's a really good indication of what they might want to buy from you in future. Lots of my people who come on my courses, like Rach, you and I met on somebody else's course. So you're you're a course doer. Do you know what I mean? You're obviously a person who likes to learn, who likes to opt into things. And lots of the people in my community are that kind of person. And they don't just do my course. They do lots of people's courses. And that's cool. But it means they also might do more than one course with me. So really do talk to your audience. You you can do that even if you've got 10 followers. You know, you can talk to those people and they can help you build better products. Yeah, I mean, I know we're we're talking about stuff that we've been working on recently, but I've just been on one of Helen's course, one of her email marketing courses. And some people in the group have got a lot of I've got a lot of numbers, and then some people are, are building it up. And actually, you can sell programs or products to a really small following because if you're listening to them and giving them what they want, then it's about being responsive and moving, moving with the times, I guess. And particularly at the moment, with the world being you know, we've we've got the war in the Ukraine happening and there's all kinds of things going on. People's people's buying habits are changing, aren't they? And it's about responding and reacting to that, isn't it? Yeah, we can all be on a, let's set on a path, can't we? Like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to sell. And this is what I want people to buy. And actually, it's not really about what we want them to buy. It's about what they want to buy and where those two things meet perfectly. Um, and that's, what Instagram or any social media platform can help you with that two-way market research that you can do when you're on there. It's really good. And it also brings people into your community because we all love to be asked our opinion, don't we? We all love to be asked, like, what do you think about this? Or what does that mean to you? Or what are you struggling with at the moment? And how can I help? People really appreciate being brought into the loop. Rather, none of us like being sold to anymore. It's a really old-fashioned way of reaching your customers to go, here's the thing I've got for sale. It's $9.99. 
online, get it today. All of us go, oh, you've just interrupted me. I came onto Instagram to see what Fern Cotton's been doing recently. I didn't come onto Instagram to get your sales message. So it all has to be chatty, engaging, stuff about the broader person often like what 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 makes you tick like as a pet owner right you know which, which pets have you got actually what do you like to do at the weekend what kind of food do you like it's about getting to know that broader person and that's how we really truly connect and become loyal customers now we expect to know a bit more about the person that we're dealing with often Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go back to the original, <laughs> the original plan for this podcast. Book, oh, the best, inter- the best, the best, so good. The, the best interviews are when you like chuck your questions away, aren't they? Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. I do want to start with a really simple guide on how Instagram works and the reasons why we use the platform. So I know the people who listen to my podcast and who are in my Facebook community, um, they're at different stages. Some people are; they've been like you, been with Instagram right from the start and then others are dipping the toe into it so would you be able to give us a really simple overview about how Instagram works okay so Instagram is a platform that allows you to share video most often now video footage pictures text posts about whatever it is that you want to talk about and in our case it would be a marketing platform for our business so that allows you to share information that is going to spark the interest of people who might buy our product one day and it's what you might call in sales and marketing terms it's like a top of the funnel part of your sales journey with the people that you want to connect with. So Instagram is a place where I can first discover you probably, like first learn about you and just get a sense of what it is that you offer and whether you're a fun person and whether you've got the same values as me and where you live and what your habits are and what your routine is and what you sell. So it's it's the beginning of the conversation with your customer. That's how I would put it. It's all about sparking their interest in what you do. It's that's the disconnect with Instagram can come when people go on there hoping it's they're going to be able to really see a direct correlation between jumping onto Instagram and selling things almost instantly. And actually, it's more about building a long-term relationship with your people there. And quite like for me, the main goal of my Instagram is not to sell courses through it. It's actually to get people from there, either listening to my podcast or getting my emails, because most of my sales come from people who get my emails, because on emails, I can have like a more in-depth conversation with them. It's less noisy. They're less distracted when they've opened an email. They're more inclined to read it. And those are the people who tend to go, oh, do you know what? Yeah, the time's right for me. Now I am going to do that workshop or I am going to do that course. Whereas Instagram's noisy. You don't see half the things that people share, at best half the things that people share. But if you can just catch my attention for a couple of seconds, I'm like, oh, Rachel's at Crafts. Oh, Rachel's back again. And then you just, over time, I'm getting to know you a little bit better. And then like, you know, I don't have a pet business, but like, I know people that do. And I'm, and then I might go, oh, do you follow Rachel Spencer? You know, you, you really might like to. And it's just about building awareness for what you do. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about. And the community element, I know you're very big on the community element. You know, obviously I follow you and I'm part of the community that you have there. But what I love about Instagram is that community and feeling like you're in a space where people get you. So 
whether you know if you're like I'm working with a lady and she works with anxious dogs and she's built an amazing anxious dog community because all those people in her world know what it's like to have an anxious dog and the the you know some of the horrible situations you find yourself in and feeling protective and all of those different things so I love that you've talked about that and how community is about about relationships and community rather than thinking right I'm going to get sales from it yes that that may and most likely will happen yeah relationship and community are first and foremost aren't they it's a really funny little like thing you've got to do with your brain you've almost got to divorce your what you're doing on Instagram with the results that you're looking for if you can kind of think I'm just going to go on there with like an open heart and an open mind and share what I'm passionate about and meet other people who are passionate about the same thing and try and do that as fully and enthusiastically as you can then the results that you actually wanted in the first place will tend to come to you. But if you go onto the platform with like, oh, I haven't sold anything yet. Oh, when's it going to happen? I'm going to start selling it. That it really, it really can, that you bring that energy to your content. I think Mm -hmm. that kind of like, I'm really, like I really urgently want to see the results and Instagram's not delivering them for me. And it's all a bit frustrating. And if you can just truly get on there and start sharing stuff that you love and are passionate about, like, your anxious dog lady really wants to talk to other people who are in this position and she's coming at it from that point of view that that first and foremost she wants to share information tips things that she's learned she wants to chat to people about what they've learned and all of that conversation is going on and happening there and as a side result I bet people are in her dms all the time going can you help me with my anxious dog how can I work with you? Da, 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 da. But if you go on there just putting loads of posts up going, I work with anxious dogs, I work with anxious dogs, would you like to work with me? Da, da, and we, it's, a, it's a turn off. You want to get into the conversation and you want to show people what you know. And then they will, they will come to you if you do that. Mm-hmm. And they will buy things. So it works really well, actually, whether you've got a product or a service as a pet business owner. So the anxious dog lady actually has products, but there's also anxious dog trainers. So whether you've got a product and you're Sarah selling her leads and harnesses or you're a trainer and you're working with the owners and the animals, it works both ways, doesn't it? Whether it's about having conversations and making people feel like you get them and understand them. Totally. That's why we want to work with someone, especially when it's about something as precious as our pets, you know, something that we love so much. You really want to feel like you're buying off somebody who gets that, who knows that, who knows these these animals are part of your family and, and you want to, you know, you want to buy something that's really going to work and it's not going to harm them or distress them or it's going to make everybody's life more enjoyable and easier or it's going to have the right sort of nutritional values, whatever it might be, or if you're going to be leaving your dog with someone, you really want to feel like they're going to treat that dog as well as you treat them. So, uh, you know, that's why people need to see the person behind the account and start to get to know them because of that trust element that, you know, makes a difference between us buying from one person and, and the next, yeah. you know, um, 
that's why the people who choose to work with me choose to work with me. And that's why the people who choose to work with somebody else who does the same thing that I do will choose another uh, personality and another character because that, that that will feel closer to their set, set of values. And that's why there's room for everybody. And it, that's why there's room for another person who sells leads or another person who sells dog jackets or another person who sells fish food or whatever. You know, you can be that person for a specific group of of people, uh, but you're probably going to need to show a bit of like what's behind your business and what your values are and what kind of person you are in order to make that truly make that connection. Mm -hmm. It's it's really, really great advice. And I feel like what you've just shared there, I hope people who are listening who are thinking, I don't like showing my face and I I don't like going on video and I feel self-conscious and I feel all of these different things. I, I really hope that that resonates. And I'm saying this, talking to you, Helen, as somebody, and I know you've known me for a few years, as somebody who I was that person who hid behind a photo, a professional photo, instead of putting videos out there. And now I don't. And I look at some videos and I think, oh my gosh, I've got a double broken nose and sometimes it looks so wonky. And I had my teeth picked oh, out by a hole. Can, like, can I just oh. tell you, I've never even noticed, I've never ever noticed all the times I've looked at your face that you that you had a broken nose. It's amazing what we see that other people just don't don't notice at all. Yeah. Um and then do you know what? First and foremost, I would say that I get it. I totally get it. Like there are basically no photographs of me between my wedding in 2007 and when I started to go on to Instagram in 2017. I I was not a person who was comfortable being seen, being visible, being out there on camera, let alone being on a video on the internet. That was not something I thought was going to be in my future. But over time, you become more comfortable with it. If you can just start to take the small steps to being in the odd photograph, being in the odd video, even having your hands photographed in a a photo, if that's the first step that makes it possible for you. But if you can just bring signs of life and a, a real person being behind your Instagram account, it will make a real difference and people will start chatting to you as a person, you know, uh, and they'll be like, oh, Rachel, what do you think about this? Da, 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 da. Have you had a nice time at crafts? I've seen, you know, all people will start interacting with you as a real human and it'll make such a difference. And it'd be so much more enjoyable to be on Instagram that way as well. Yeah, it is about taking that first step. And also I remember talking to another lady who we know, Lucy Rennie, who is a comms um, expert. And I remember her saying to me when I was, dithering about something I remember her saying you've got to tell people what you do otherwise you're being selfish how do they know they can help you or how do they know you can help them and that's true as well isn't it I think um you know if we don't tell people how we can help them then what are they supposed to do that's really all that marketing is yeah how how do any of us know about anything how do we know how did you know crafts was on because you got an email about it or you looked on their website, or you heard something on a podcast, or whatever it might have been. You, there's nothing we don't know about anything unless somebody tells us about it, and that's all you're doing is telling people about the thing that you make or the thing that you offer, and giving them, leaving it with them. Do you want it? This is what it is. It's really good what I offer because it is, and I really stand by it, and I really work hard at it, and I really believe in it, and I know that it helps. 
would you like it? Is it right for you at the moment? And if it's not, then they will say no, and that's fine. And, you know, it might be right for them down the line. It might be something they buy at Christmas, it might be something they buy next year. But all it, it, as your friend so rightly says, if you don't tell them or you only tell them once and think that just because nobody's bought the thing that you've only mentioned one time means that they're not interested in it, you just have to keep talking about your thing it's part of the job of running a business. It's part of the job of making it financially viable. If you just are in your comfort zone of, I really like designing this product, or I really like delivering this coaching service, or I really just like the dogs, but are frustrated that you haven't got enough income, then you're going to have to go out and tell more people about what you do in order that you can increase it. Definitely. So you said something before that was really interesting about taking those first steps to be more visible and be more bold and, and moving towards video and lives and all those kinds of things. So you talked about maybe having your hand in a photo or maybe maybe like, so that would be ideal if it was a maker, somebody making products and collars, leads, that kind of thing. And maybe, um, you know, for a trainer, if they were feeling shy themselves, they could maybe film the dogs that they're working with and just have their voice over. That would be a, yeah, a good step, absolutely. wouldn't it? Absolutely. Really small steps. Like if you were a dog trainer, you could maybe just get yourself a a little tripod, put the camera phone like 20 meters away in the field and just just film yourself at work. You don't have to film yourself talking to the camera and explaining something to your followers. But if you could just be in the footage doing what you do, you could turn that into an Instagram reel. You can put that on your Instagram stories with a bit of music over the top of it. It's just no big deal. People don't care what you look like. People don't care how old you are. People don't care whether you've washed your hair this morning. Like all these things that we tell ourselves that people don't, the only person who cares about that stuff is you. People care about whether you will help them. People care about whether they find you funny. People will care about whether you inspire them people will care about whether you resonate or whether you offer what they really care about is what they can get from being connected with you we're we're all in it for ourselves so if you can put all of these things to one side and just slowly start to make yourself present in your content just being more honest in your writing in an Instagram post that's being more visible if 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 you're actually sort of saying what you think about something or saying what you really care about or disagreeing with someone you know all of that is is showing up more um and it you don't have to go from zero to 100 miles an hour you don't have to go from doing nothing to doing a, a reel that you're dancing and you know pointing in there's a lot of places in between yeah. and then you know and you can find your your comfort zone with it i think I think that's a good point to make actually about the dancing and the real <laughs> and all the different things that we've we have there and that I think that can sometimes cause a little bit, bit of overwhelm or scare people off um and also we're always being told what we should and shouldn't be doing and that yeah. sometimes leads to paralysis as well doesn't it very well said yeah and I realize I'm part of that industry as well so I, I feed into it it's very very noisy out there and um very confusing And there really is no one way to do any of it. There's no one way to get it right. There's lots of different people doing different things on social media that work well for them. And you could just be the kind of person who shares still images with lovely captions, and that would work brilliantly for you. And I think a lot of the people I work with are, as you say, paralyzed by, well, I should be doing 
reels and I should be doing stories and I haven't organized an Instagram live yet and all the, then there's my email and perhaps I should also be on YouTube and oh LinkedIn my LinkedIn is terrible and you just think I don't know where to start and if you could just start somewhere just say I'm going to post to Instagram twice every week for the next couple of months and show up on my stories five days a week. And then after that, I'm going to think about my email and I'm not going to worry about my email until I've just got something consistent going on my Instagram and just treat this as a really long game. Yeah. Like, you know, how long have we been connected now? A couple of years. We're still, we're still plugging away. We don't know all the answers. We can only do what one person can do but do something, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just do something and try and make it work for you in your way, because there really are an awful lot of different ways that you can do this business of marketing. And it, uh, and uh, you know, anybody that says they've got all the answers, they've got all the answers for what's worked for them. They haven't got all the answers for what works for you. Um, and that's not what people necessarily want to hear. I think lots of times people would like a blueprint of go out and do this and then you'll definitely get the, the customers, but it just might not work for you in the way that you work. So if you can try and design a social media strategy that is sustainable for you, that it doesn't make you feel sick because you've got to be on a reel every day, but it's something you can build into your week and start plugging away at it. Think of where you could be in a year from now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's like a. my boyfriend always says, it's like if you go to a buffet, at at like a wedding or something, you're not going to have everything in the buffet, are you? You're going to pick a few things that you like and then the next time you go, you might try something different. But if you... You're just not going to go and take the whole buffet table, are you? So No, and if you don't take any of it, you'll be really starving. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> you'll be like, oh, no. <laughs> but there's nothing on my plate. <laughs> exactly. If you can't decide which sandwich or whatever you're going to get, they'll all, it'll all be gone because exactly. everybody else will have eaten it. So, um, yeah, the buffet, the buffet analogy could run and run. It could, couldn't it? But you don't want an empty plate, but you don't want it too full either. <laughs> so we've talked a lot about how people can overcome um, overcome those um, those fears, including me with my broken nose and the other things that get in our way. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, about how people can, so we've got, let's say we've got our anxious dog lady, or we've got, you know, somebody who I've got a cockapoo t-shirt on at the moment. So somebody who makes cockapoo t-shirts, if you were, if they were on one of your programs, you were working with them, what would you say for them to do when it comes to things like hashtags to find people who are going to be potentially interested in what they have to offer and to start building those relationships in that community? Yeah. Do you know what? All of your clients, Rachel, have got a really a great thing going for them in that they they already know which specific audience of people, probably which specific pet owner they want to find. <laughs> So therefore, you need to make your account on social discoverable to the people who are looking for a Cavapoo t-shirt or a Cockapoo t-shirt or whatever it might be. So that might be putting 40 minutes aside to research hashtags and find hashtags that people are actually using to search for content in the Cavapoo, Cockapoo, Spaniel 
shih tzu community whatever it is go and use hashtags search them up look at the content that's being shared and think is that right for my post and come up with a couple of lists of hashtags that you can use on different posts on instagram and people use those hashtags to search instagram like they would search google to find what they are looking for and i imagine in pet communities you've got really sort of strong tribes of people who absolutely adore this stuff or who might be looking for help with an anxious dog or something like that. So you can use hashtags. I would also make sure that you've got key searchable words in your Instagram captions and in your Instagram bio. I would make it really clear in your Instagram bio what you offer and how to get in touch with you and how to buy that thing if you would like to and then just post yeah <laughs> regularly consistently over time that is the one thing that you can't get away from the one thing that all the marketing people will tell you but it's mm-hmm. true unfortunately if you get out there and post you will grow your following and there are tools within instagram that you can use that will when you're thinking okay, I'm doing this, I've been posting three times a week, or I've been doing, you know, whatever you've been doing to slowly build it up. Um, There are some tools in Instagram where we can find out, you know, what's working and what isn't. So can you talk us through those as well a little bit? Yeah, it's, I, I don't get too tied up in looking at the analytics of my posts, but there are analytics that you can look at on Instagram and it's called insights and you can press the insights button underneath a post and it will tell you the reach of that post which means how many eyes how many individual accounts have seen it you can look at how many comments you've gotten how many likes how many saves and just get a sense for what kind of post is therefore working best for your people and there can be really small changes in those in that data like just if you've even if you've got a small account if you've shared a post and you look at the insights and all of a sudden three people have saved it and you can save a post on Instagram by pressing a little bookmark sign on the bottom right hand corner and normally nobody saves your posts you've got to think to yourself what was it about that post that actually people wanted to keep it for later Like they were like, it was valuable enough that they thought, I'm actually going to come back to that and look at it again. And that's a really clear sign that you're posting about something good, that you're posting about something that resonates with your audience or that it's valuable or that they want to refer back to it later on. So just looking at those little signs from the universe that you're along the right lines or, you know, the most obvious one is when people actually take the time to share something that you've posted with their followers in their stories or to tag a friend and go look at this again it's a really clear sign that people have stopped they've looked at your post they know what it's about and it is useful enough or funny enough or valuable enough that they're going to then share it with their followers and then you think how can I do more of that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. how can I create more content that people will want to share and that people will want to save and that people will want to comment on because quite often on Instagram you can get you can do one post and you're like oh that was brilliant that was lovely I've got more, more likes than normal on that one and then you just go back to posting the same old stuff that you were posting before rather than going oh okay well if that post got more likes how can I how can I do more of that how can I share more things along those lines 
But there is lots of different ways in which you can measure the success of an Instagram post, whether it is around clicks through to your website might be what you're really looking for. Uh, And that data is in the back end of Instagram. You have to have either a creator account or a business account on Instagram to be able to look at these analytics. If you just have a personal account, then um, you won't be able to see it. But any anybody who's working with Instagram from a business point of view should either have a creator or a business account anyway. And I think most of them probably will do. Mm-hmm. But there's lots of behind the scenes stuff. And it's just a case of paying attention to when something works and trying to do more of that in your content in future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've talked a lot in this chat about being led by what people are telling you and being led by your followers and what they want. And that's a really great, it's a really great takeaway for me. And I know it will be a really great takeaway for the people listening, particularly those who are service providers or particularly those who are trying to kind of build up their Instagram. And I know the I, I know some dog trainers who've got absolutely amazing results from Instagram and cool. you're really building a really building a great business on there and a great community and authority and all of those things that we want and I think it's really important um to think that people will sometimes try a platform and it could be Instagram could be LinkedIn it could be any platform and you know give it a go and then be dismissive of it because they you know they've not given it time they've not put the work mm-hmm. in but it's one of those isn't it we thrive in the areas that where we're really, you know, putting the effort in and that we're really nurturing. And Instagram is a place where I think pet businesses really can thrive. Oh, so much potential. I'm jealous. Yeah. I mean, imagine if I had a pet, <laughs> imagine if I had a pet that I could share every day. I'd have tons of followers. You know, but it's so I, you know, and something like pet training, you see what what they're able to do is give people a really clear taste of what great pet trainers they are because they can share videos they can share the results they're getting with animals as they're working with them and you know where do you get that opportunity in real life you don't get the opportunity to go and sort of try something before you buy it in that sense you know you can um your friend could recommend a dog trainer or whatever but until you book the class and turn up there you don't know whether they're going to be any good but if you can follow somebody on instagram and they can see how you work and they can see the results that you're getting with these dogs and you can maybe pick up a few cheeky tips that you can use at home and start to get some results with your animal i mean it's just a gift to be able to show people all that stuff and you know and reach a wider audience as well you know Definitely. There's a dog trainer called Karen and she used to be a reporter at the Telegraph actually. And she oh, really? is amazing. Oh my gosh. I've got a podcast with her. I'll link to it in the show notes, but she is incredible on Instagram. She does so well from it. And she's just brilliant at doing exactly what you've just said there. She's just fantastic. And um, the other lady who I'm just thinking of is somebody who makes products. She's called Kerry and she makes these awesome bow ties. And she does all this really good behind the scenes of making the bow ties, but she also does really good fun stuff with her two pugs and does all this crazy dancing and stuff, but puts it, loads of oh, personality it, into it. Instagram is just made for this stuff. It's made yeah. for dancing pugs or whatever. It just is. If you, you know, just get your, get your animals onto Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that is my number one tip if you've got pets get them out there on instagram brilliant okay so somebody needs to send helen some animals <laughs> oh my god oh my god do you know we don't we have allergies in our house and we have oh, do you know no. and also i would have a cat and matt would have a dog and we can't seem to reach a compromise so we're pet free currently I wish I could suggest something but I can't if you've got allergies but you could always try borrow my doggy with one of those dogs that doesn't trigger allergies. Do you know we have we have thought about we yeah. have thought about dog borrowing because I think especially my son would really would love a dog um and we just haven't quite made it happen because I don't want I don't want to commit to yeah. a dog and it not work that would be really sad wouldn't it. 
It would, but by my doggy is a very good way to dip your toe into the water. What, what breed is it? So your cavapoos, your cockapoos, all those types of hypoallergy. Um, I don't know if I've got the word right, but basically they don't trigger allergies as much, but I will send you some info about that um, after <laughs> we finish the interview. Thank you. <laughs> so um, I know you mentioned one tip before, get your pet on Get your pet on Instagram. Get your pet on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any more tips for pet businesses on Instagram? Let's, yeah, a couple of tips, a couple more tips oh, for okay. pet businesses on Instagram. Right, video. Again, if you're going to get your pet on Instagram, have them on there moving, you know, get, you know, showing their personality, just shoot little bits of video of your animals and get them up there. Don't just rely on still pictures because we just, uh, we're more engaged by moving footage. You know, Uh, we will spend a little bit longer looking at it. And also it just shows the personality of the, the animals that you're working with and living with. So definitely use video, but it doesn't have to be complicated video. It doesn't have to be dancing. It doesn't have to have text all over the top of it, but just simple bits of video footage um, are always going to be slightly more engaging than a still image really on your Instagram. And just think about what you would like to follow. Think about the funnest accounts, the most interesting accounts, the most valuable accounts, and see how you can share stuff that will be valuable to other people in the same way. And by being valuable, it doesn't mean that you have to be teaching people things all the time. It could be really small stuff like this food is working really well for us with the pets at the moment. You know, I really recommend you go and check out this Instagram account. They're absolutely superb. You know, if you've got an anxious dog, I don't know if you know about this, just things that make uh, you worth following. How can you be as worth following as possible? And that just means being generous and telling people about things that you find interesting most of the time. Brilliant. I love that. Things that make you worth following. That's what, I, that's what I've been trying to do with my newsletter, to be honest. And it yeah. definitely works. There you so, go. If yeah. you're interested in something, other people will be interested in it too, you know. Fabulous. Okay, so we've talked a lot about Instagram and I have loved all the stuff you've shared. It's been awesome. And I'm going to be really cheeky now because I know you um, from before this chat and I know that you are a former Radio 1 journalist, which is super cool. So can you share, because you know my podcast is mostly press coverage, but I cover all the things Mm. around it. Can you share from your Radio 1 days um, some tips on um, how to be awesome on the radio or how to get on the radio if you're a pet business? how to get on the radio if you are a pet business and you know what this even applies in what I do now because people pitch to me to come onto my my podcast that I have Uh, so I get pitches still now and the biggest problem with pitches is they don't get to the point Rachel I get pitches from people who just go I'm great and really interesting and I'd love to come on your podcast and I'm a busy person and I go Okay, thanks, because there's nothing in it for me. And it was the same when I was a reporter. You're really busy. You're doing, you know, you're going about your day and you get a press release and it kind of says, we're amazing. Would you like us to come onto your radio program? And actually the best press releases will tell you a story. They will tell you the specific story that you are going to put onto your radio program. And they will have considered what kind of radio program you are, what kind of radio station you are. In most cases, I feel like your people might be pitching to their local radio station. So your local BBC radio station 
So what they are all about is sharing local stories. So Mm -hmm. they want to know that you are a local business and a local person and where you live. And then you need to tell them what the story is. Like you need to tell them what the story is. You know, I've brought this business back to life. This shop was going to close and now it's reopened and I'm breathing new life into it and the community. Or I have got this fantastic story about this donkey sanctuary. Or I have got this amazing new product and it's going like gangbusters on Instagram, but it's being made here locally in a workshop by me and my my nan or whatever it might be but you've got to tell them exactly what the story is that they're going to put onto their radio station because if you leave them having to do any of the work that press release or that email is going to be deleted or the press release is going in the bin or whatever it might be but always think about the specific outlet you are trying to target And it's more time consuming than sending out a blanket press release to every single outlet in your area, like whether it's local website or newspaper or radio station. But I guarantee you will get better results if you go, dear Helen at Radio One, because you've taken the, the you've taken the time to find the name of somebody that you're going to email uh, and tell them exactly why you think that is going to work for their audience and what the story is going to be about. And then with radio, it's really important to know that you're going to get some good quality audio. So whether you could offer to go into the studio, whether you can, you know, uh, offer to come close to them or because they'll probably be stretched for time and resources or whether you've got a high quality, you know, you can get on a high quality line from your laptop it may you know make the whole thing as easy for the journalist as possible and then they will go oh fantastic this is great this is there's not a lot of work for this in me but I'm going to get a really nice local story does that make sense totally yeah and all of that is that what you tell that is, that all the, is that all the stuff you tell people I'm sure this is all the stuff yes, that you tell people <laughs> But you know, validated me. (laughs) If if you, if when you're writing your press release or your email, if you can think about the other person being really busy on the other end of it, rather they're not sitting there waiting to get your press release. They are not doing that. They are really busy and really stretched. And you need to get to the point and make the benefit to them clear, and then you will get what you want, which is exposure for your pet pet business. Definitely. No, that's really good advice. And um, yeah, and that go all Helen's advice there goes across all platforms, whether yeah. it's radio, TV, magazines, newspapers. That's exactly how to do it. So thank <laughs> you so much, Helen. Um, I'm that's very right. excited today. I've got a lady who's in my coaching group and she she won. She didn't win um, Best in Show, but she won Best in Breed. So after our chat, I'm going on a group call with them and we're going to be, I hope, getting some great coverage for her because she her, her dog won the Terriers. That is amazing. Amazing, isn't it? That is amazing. And her local radio station will want to hear about that 100%. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, well, Helen, thank you, thank you, thank you. You've been an incredible guest. I've been oh. to you. How can people find out more about you? Oh, I'll send you some links, Rachel, but you can come and find me on Instagram. I'm Helen Perry on Instagram and you can Google me and that would take you through to my website where you can find out about my podcast or courses that are going to be running in future. You can get my emails. I'd love to connect with all of your people. Thank you so much for coming on. That's my pleasure. 
Okay, so let me know what you think of that episode. I absolutely love chatting to Helen and I think she shared just so much brilliant advice in that episode that applies not just for Instagram, but just for anything when it comes to marketing your business. Do go and check out her podcast, the Just Bloody Post-It podcast, and all of the links to all of Helen's website, social media handles are in the show notes for this episode. So swipe up if you're listening on an app. Now, after listening to Helen, I came away and I thought about some of the Instagram accounts I follow and how they all do things slightly differently. So I'm going to share the links in the show notes for these different accounts and I would love for you to go and check them out. I'm going to tell you a little bit about them now. So first up, we've got Karen Mayer from Mayer and Hound. Karen is a dog trainer, but she also used to be a fashion PR and she's been on the podcast before. I'm going to link to her episode in the show notes as well. She is brilliant at telling stories about the dogs that she's working with on her Instagram. She writes beautifully, but she also takes brilliant reels as well and takes gorgeous photos of the dogs that she works with. And I know from chatting to Karen on the podcast and from following her online, she um, gets a lot of her clients from Instagram, a lot of her work from Instagram. So do go and have a look at Karen's account, Mayor and Hound, and I'll link to it in the show notes. Next up, we've got Kerry Whitney from Frankie's Boutique. Now, this account is not for the faint-hearted. She makes very cheeky and quite sweary bow ties and other accessories for cats and dogs. Now, Kerry posts really funny videos of her own dogs and other people's dogs and cats wearing her products. And she also does a reel every Friday where she does like a Friday feeling reel where she goes absolutely crazy. She used to work on the stage and she dresses up in all these different costumes, does all this crazy dancing. And it's like, wow, like Friday has landed when you see Kerry's reel. Now, Kerry makes products. So, you know, she can dance around and be crazy as much as she wants. But what she's really doing there is putting her personality into it. She's like living up to everything that her brand's all about. So go and have a look at what she's doing at Frankie's Boutique. Then we've got Katie Gwilt, the cat lady. Katie works with cat. She's a groomer and cat behaviourist over in Liverpool. She's been on the podcast. I'll link to her episode in the show notes. She tells stories about the cats that she's been grooming on Instagram. She does that really beautifully. She also posts before and after pictures of the cats when they've been groomed. So really great content from Katie, the cat lady, um, and she's not using anything really fancy on there. A lot of her stuff is images um, and written posts. So she's not like using all the bells and whistles and every bit of functionality on Instagram, but she's still doing a brilliant job on Instagram. So that's Katie. Then we've got Michelle from Scruffy Little Terrier. Michelle is so brilliant at doing videos. She's really great at Instagram. She All of her products are beautifully laid out. All of her imagery is really great. So she does all this really nice stuff. She does like slow motion reels, packing the bags or speeded up videos, packing up her stuff and all that kind of thing, like all the really clever stuff that I've got no idea what to do. But she also does like really great stuff around Terrier Mum Life. She does some great stories. She does like Where's Barney? She talks about life with her dog. She does so many different things. So go and have a look at Michelle. She is from Scruffy Little Terrier and she has products. And then finally, we've got Liz Gregg from Black White Gold. Liz is a dog photographer. She has also been on the podcast. I'll link to her podcast in the show notes. And she posts mainly static pics on her grid of her dogs doing all these different tricks. So her dogs are Elsa, the golden retriever, who sadly passed away last year. Then she's got Jeannie, who is a, she is a poodle cross. 
um, she is crazy. And then she's got Dolly, who is a Cocker Spaniel, and they do all of these awesome tricks, and Liz takes photos of them. So her grid is all beautiful images. She's been featured by Instagram, she's got a huge following, and again, with her content, it's quite emotional as well. Um, and yeah, go and have a look at her, at what she does, and I think you will love it. So the reason why I've added this at the end of Helen's brilliant episode is because we talked about loads of different things that you can do on Instagram. And one thing that we did touch on was, you know, how we're always being told we need to do this, that and the other, and you should be doing reels and you should be doing stories and you should be doing all these different things. And I wanted to show you and highlight these accounts to show you that there are loads of different ways to do Instagram and that these ladies are all doing Instagram, all doing it really well, but doing it in completely different ways. We've got people who are doing loads of crazy reels, loads of dancing, loads of singing, dressing up. We've got Liz, who's posting mostly pictures. We've got Michelle, who's posting Terry and Mum Live. We've got Katie doing her cat grooming. We've got Karen doing her gorgeous reels and telling stories about rescue dogs with her fashion background. So loads of people doing it differently. You do not have to stick to the rules or what people say that you should be doing right now. Um, so I hope that works well with the advice that Helen shared. I hope you enjoy this podcast episode. Let me know. Do go and tell Helen if you've enjoyed it as well. And do go and check out these brilliant ladies who I've just talked about at the end. Thank you again for listening and for supporting the show. And I'll see you on next week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.